Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes, el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. Amen. I'm in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. The story is between verse 46 through 52. I'm only going to read just uh, one verse, verse 48. It says, Be quiet, many people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. You may be seated in God's house. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. I would like to speak for a few moments using as a subject, sometimes you just got to shout a little louder. Sometimes you just got to shout a little louder. You know this story. Most of you Bible readers know the story. It's about blind Bartimaeus. And the difference between Mark versus Luke and Matthew is Matthew and Luke refer that there's two guys there. Somehow Mark decides to focus on this one guy whose name is Bartimaeus. The story is really summed up that he's out on the wayside, out on the outskirts of the city. He hears that Jesus is coming by. Jesus has come in to Jericho with his 12 disciples. But when you read, it says that he comes out and he leaves that town and a large crowd follows him. On the wayside, you see blind Bartimaeus. Jesus says, hey, uh, or, or Bartimaeus starts yelling. And uh, as he yells, they tell him to be quiet. He yells even louder. Uh, Jesus says, come. And what's interesting about this is that Jesus gives him a blank check. A blank check by saying, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? And if I could say something here today that Jesus would be asking us today, if I were to give you a blank check and my signature would be on that, uh, what would you write on that check that you would want? What is it that you need for God to respond to? What's your need and what's your request? The Bible says that with God all things are possible. And I know that maybe you've been praying and believing for some things in these past years, but this is a new year. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And there are some things that maybe you've already given up hope on, and there are some things that maybe you feel has expired. It's, it, it's expired in God and his promises. There are a lot of things that will not expire if you can still have faith and believe God and say, okay, God, I'm writing this down on this blank check. So I know that some of you would be, Asking for, I need a new house, I, I need a new car, I need a new job, I need more money. But what I like about Bartimaeus is the following, that he doesn't want things that make him feel good. He wants something that will change his life. He doesn't want things that will make him feel like he's part of a lot of things. He needs more 
than just a car. He needs more than just a house. He needs more than just money. He needs something that will change his present condition. He needs something because if that can change his life, chances are that the change in his life can have a ripple effect and change other areas in his life. And so Jesus says, what do you want me to do? And Bartimaeus said, all, all I want is for you to give me back my sight. I, I need my, my vision again. I, I need to see again. And my question to you is, what is it that you really want to see in your situation? What is it that you really want to see in the mess that maybe you're in? Uh, what is it that you really want to see in that situation that has affected your family, affected your marriage, affected your finances? What is it that you want to, to see again? And I'm praying that God will renew your vision. I'm praying that God will give you a better perspective in 2022 than what you've had in the past. you got to understand that the eyesight is the most complex and yet specialized senses out of the five senses that we have because it is considered probably the most important. I think that if we were to ask here and say, if you had to only keep one of your five senses, which one would you keep? Would you keep your hearing? Would you keep your smell? Would you keep your taste? Would you keep your feel? Or would you keep your sight? I believe we all would agree that our sight would probably be one of the most, if not the most, sense that we have that we would want to keep. It would be the last thing we would want to do because through your eyesight, you can perceive at least 75% of the world that's around you. The eyes are the receptive organs that allow you to see sight out of the five senses, allows our perspective to see the form, to see the distance, to see the position, to see the size, to see even the color of the objects and things that surround us. So maybe we need to ask God once again to restore our vision for Maybe our marriage. To restore our eyesight, spiritual eyesight and vision for our family. To see it how we want to see our children and the job, the business that God has granted you. Maybe we also need to ask God to restore the vision for our church, Vida City Church. Where are we going and what is God asking of us as a church? See, you see Bartimaeus. He's a man, that, according to the story here, he's on the wayside and he's basically begging. Every day he goes out expecting for people to give some kind of coin or put some kind of coin in his cup. The problem with Bartimaeus and his cup is this, is that while they fill his cup up with coins, they're doing absolutely nothing to change his condition. They may be giving him and out of pity. They may be giving him, oh, this is spare change. But even though they are depositing something in that cup, they are doing nothing to change his condition. And that is the reason why many of us today 
cannot obtain the miracle and the response and the answer of God that we want. Why? Because all we want is for people to fill our cup up. We don't want people to help us change our situation, change the condition that we're in. We want people to feed us the fish, but we don't want them to teach us how to fish. I don't know where you are sitting today and whom I'm talking to, but you may have your cup full, but your condition is still a mess. Hello. You may have your cup full, but everything is chaotic. You have no money, or you may have money, but you're still, still depressed. You, you have a house, but in reality, it's, it's not even a home. You have a nice car, but maybe your character stinks. Hello, somebody. Look at me now, the person next to you. You have a spouse. Yet you're flirting with somebody else. Your cup may be full, but your condition is, continues to be a mess. But I believe that the reason why God has us here this morning, I believe that you were able to overcome the cold that's there, and you could have stayed snuggled up under your blanket and snuggled up with your spouse, but something got you up this morning and said, even though I could do that, I, I need to be in the house of God. And I want to believe and I want to declare that because you were able to come and get out of bed and, and make your way to Vida City Church, I want you to know that God has in mind to fix the situation that you're in, to fix the condition that is bringing distraught and is causing many nights of sleeplessness. I believe that God brought you here to say, if you can make Make an effort, a little effort to get to my house, I can also make a big effort to touch and reach your house and change things that you've been praying for that seem to have no change. The problem with depending, listen, the cup is that you become codependent on the people in order to have a good day. Hello. Let me explain it. The cup is full. You think you had a great day. If the cup is half empty, you're like, eh. If there's only one or two coins in that cup, in other words, the people around you will determine what kind of day you will have depending on what they put in the cup. Hello, somebody. And because of that, then you allow yourself to be manipulated and to be controlled by the people because of the condition that you find yourself in. They dictate, you know what, you need to be over there. That's why he was on the wayside. He, he, he's on the wayside because they determine his progress or not. Hello. If I give you enough, you can go and you have something. But if I don't, aren't you tired of people determining your progress? when you can advance and when you can't, when you can progress and when you can't. That was the reason why, and I'll get to that point in a minute, but Bartimaeus, the Bible says in Mark 10, 46, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. It's interesting that every time we see Bartimaeus, 
We never call him Bartimaeus. The Bible calls him blind Bartimaeus. He is called by the condition that he's living in. He's not Bartimaeus. He's blind Bartimaeus. Sometimes you've got to understand that people will begin to define you by your deficiency. They had nicknamed him. Now there comes blind Bartimaeus. And you're going to have to learn in 2022, Vida City Church, to ignore the nicknames that define you from your potential. You're going to need to learn to shut your ears to those comments and those words that tend to push you away from your real potential and who you really are. And so they give him this name and they want him to live within those parameters. They begin to define you by what you're going through instead of defining you and what God sees you like. Listen, verse 46. He was sitting beside the road. He's sitting beside the road. Listen to me. The Bible says his name is Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Here's a guy that the word bar means son of. He says son of Timaeus. Timaeus is translated to be, listen closely, unclean. Bartimaeus is son of the unclean. His dad is unclean senior. Bartimaeus is unclean junior. And the reason he's on the side of the road is because he's carrying the baggage that his dad left him. His dad didn't have it all together. His dad did not have all his ducks in a row. And now he is a byproduct he is the result of his dad's baggage that now he's living the consequences and now he's out on the wayside. He's living in the outskirts. He's out there sitting in the roadside. He's out there where they sit the blind. He's on the outskirts of the city. He is blind. He is banned. And he is broke. Why? Because the Bible says that he was begging, which means he has no money. Not only that, he is banned, which means he has no socialization. That's why he's living out on the outside. And he's blind, which means he has no direction. Again, he's broke, he's banned, and he's blind. And I would dare to say that just like blind Bartimaeus who is on the outskirts of town, there are people that are here today that you're living on the outskirts of life. You're living on the outskirts of your dream. You're living on the outskirts of your healing. You're living on the outskirts of a restored marriage. You're living on the outskirts. Why? Because we live, we're almost there but of what you wanted, but you, but you stay on the outskirts of, of that job. You ended up staying on the outskirts of that promotion of that contract of that relationship even of that home of the house You're living on the outskirts of your blessing on the outskirts of your miracle see the fact though that you're not 
accepted by people does not mean you're not accepted by God. And sometimes, listen to me, sometimes people are doing you a favor and they don't know it. Because what if instead that you fell out of grace, you really ended up falling into grace? Let, let me explain it. I know it's morning. I know it's early. Listen. They threw him out in the outskirts. You don't belong in society. You're blind. You're broke. You're blind. You're a mess. So you need to be out in the outskirts. Little did they know that they were pushing him and throwing him out to an encounter with Christ because that was the road that Jesus was going to be passing by. And if it hadn't been that they had margined him and thrown him out, he might have never had that encounter with Jesus. In other words, I'm trying to help somebody here that maybe you lost your job and you say, I lost a job. No, maybe you're about to get a good job. Oh, I lost that contract. Maybe there's a new contract that they pushed you into that they didn't know, but God knew it all along. I wish there was somebody here. Maybe that relationship broke because it was going to be a mess in your life. And by being broke of that relationship, God is pushing you into a better relationship that will help you, that will encourage you, that will compliment you. Sometimes we've got to learn to deal with the pain and the deception and understand God still has everything in control. All things work for good for them who love God and that are called according to his purpose. So if somebody done pushed you out, you ought to just thank them. You didn't know, but you just pushed me right in the middle of Jesus' pathway and God is about to have an encounter and turn things around in my life. So he's out the outskirts, I believe just like Jesus showed up in his outskirt condition, I believe God's about to show up in the outskirts where you are and turn everything around, call you to him so that you can enter into your miracle. I wish there was somebody here awake that would say, I'm taking that word for my life, for my situation. I'm in Mark chapter 10, verse 47. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. Many times we allow the enemy to keep us focused, listen closely, on what we don't have. He didn't have sight. And sometimes... The enemy can keep you focused on what you don't have so that you won't value what you still got. Let me, say, let me say that again. Sometimes Satan will try to make you focus on what you don't have so that you'll forget and take value on what you still have. He didn't see Jesus coming by. Hello, somebody. He didn't see Jesus there. What's even odd about that, he can't see whether if Jesus is looking at him. Because he can't see. But he's taking advantage of what he still has. 
Because if you can focus on what you still have, chances are you can probably get back what you don't got. Hello, somebody. You can probably get back what you lost or you could get what you didn't have. And so he, he, he's there. He, he's at, at, at sitting down. He, he's there, but, but the Bible says he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, and he began to shout. The text says that he heard that Jesus was coming by, and then it says that he started to shout. Let, let me help you see if I can help you here. He, he, he's blind by the mirrors. He, he can't see. His eyes don't work. But he heard and began to shout. And many times you have to use the resources that you still have in order to get God's attention and provoke God to do a miracle. That even though his eyes are not working and he has no sight, he uses what he still has. He uses his hearing to be able to hear that somebody is on the way and his name is Jesus. And he uses his mouth to shout and say, Son of David, have mercy on me. You got to use what you got left to get back what you've lost. Tell somebody next to you, look at them, and just tell them, I got what I need to get back what I want. Come on. Tell them, I got what I need to get back what I want. Use what you got. Use your hearing to hear his word and use your mouth to proclaim. Listen. <clears throat> I'm going to take a pause. One of our five statements here of the church is to win the lost. Okay? It's a disciple the one. It's to train the believer it's to send the called and to plant again. If you didn't know, we've got uh, three churches in Mexico. We have one in Cuba, and we have another one here in Houston, Vida City Church, a leaf in the south. The first point is of our vision or mission statement is to win the lost. <clears throat> this guy is a product of street evangelism. <clears throat> Somebody's talking about Jesus out there. Throughout the Bible, you notice that street evangelism was a very effective. Even the woman with, woman with the issue of blood, when she heard that Jesus was coming, she pressed her way through. This man, when he heard that Jesus was coming, he started to shout. Sometimes you just need to pray for the waitress in the restaurant you're going today, get her name and say, is there something I can pray with for you? Don't throw your napkin on the floor. Father, thank you. Bless food in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray. You're with the family. Hold hands. Be a witness. Somebody may, that may be the day that somebody needs to hear that there's something different out there and that there's someone that really cares. So he begins to use what he has. I'm about done. Come on, musicians. He uses his ears to hear, and he uses his mouth 
He's not focusing on what he doesn't have. But his ear is letting him know that Jesus is coming by. And his mouth is starting to get volume so that he can then get Jesus' attention. And the devil isn't as smart as he thinks he is. Because if he should have taken a sense away from this blind man, it should have been his mouth. Because as long as you have your mouth, you can yell. As long as you have your mouth, there are things that you can say. I preached a sermon talking about where how the enemy, one of the first things when he blindsides you, the enemy will want and the first thing he wants to grab is your throat. Because he knows that if I can get your throat, you can't talk, you can't scream, you can't call for help. Hello, somebody. But if you got your mouth and you can't see, you can still call out to God. If you got your mouth, you can still give God a praise in the midst of the pain. I wish there was somebody here that could help me. If you have your mouth, you can still come to church. I know my home is a, re a wreck. My home is a mess. I know that things are going on, but as long as I have my mouth, I can give God praise to let him know that there will be praise continually in my mouth. Satan should have gotten his mouth because it was his mouth that got Jesus' attention. It was his mouth that made Jesus stop. Can you imagine that? I'm telling you, most of the time it's your hand that has the authority to stop things. A police officer comes out and he'll put out his hand without saying anything and he'll stop you right in the tracks. Hello, somebody. Sometimes the power of your hand has a lot to do with it, but this time he said, it's not in my hand, it's in my mouth. If I can just Listen to me, a policeman can stop traffic with his hand, but this guy with his mouth stopped Jesus. Listen to it. Listen to what the verse says. It says that Jesus stopped. When he heard him shouting even louder, he stopped. Your shout can stop things and your shout can stop even Jesus in his tracks to pay attention to you to your cry to your plead to what you're wanting from him if you could just shout a little bit louder there's a song we sing here once in a while shout a little bit louder sing a little bit louder and I've come to tell Vida City Church if there's ever a time that our mouth should be working and our mouth should be active it should be now in the midst of your problem in the midst of that situation I know Oh, it cost you to get here to church today because you got up all ready to come and all of a sudden you got a call. All of a sudden you got a conversation that you weren't expecting. All of a sudden, whatever it was could have brought you here or could have caused you to turn around and go back home. But there was something in you that said, despite all this mess, I'm going to the house of God and if you've made your way here and got your way here, why don't you just go all the way and open your mouth and say, Jesus, have have mercy on me. You know, these guys that were walking with Jesus were probably Sunday school students. They're calling him Jesus. He heard that Jesus of Nazareth. That was maybe his public name. This guy had been taught well. Y'all may call him Jesus of Nazareth, but his real messianic is he's the son of David. Sometimes you've got to stop calling 
Jesus the way others call him. You got to call him who you know he is. He's your healer. He's your provider. He's your strength. He's your protection. Can I close with this. Can I give you a cheat sheet today? And I'd encourage you, you students that are here to do this, okay? You know what I'm talking about. Man, I you study for the test. Man, this is a final exam. Cross your legs, roll up your pants, and you got question one and two's answers there. You look like you're looking at your watch. You know that your watch was way up here by your elbow. Because you got, hello? The teacher's wondering, why does he keep looking at his pencil? You even bought yourself a wood carver and carved some on your pencil answers. You got to get your cheat sheet out. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's your cheat sheet. You can do all things through Christ. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's your cheat sheet. He says, I know who this guy is. They call him Jesus of Nazareth, but this is Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And when they told him to be quiet, I, I, I read earlier, and it said this, that he left Jericho. When he left, he left with his disciples and a whole crowd. Now you tell me, how can you be louder than a crowd? Can, can I, it's real simple. I'm louder than y'all. Y'all are quiet. How could he be louder than a crowd? Everybody was quiet. Look at me, not the person next to you, but I saw all of you. Some of you have not even opened your mouth, don't have a mask, in the 45 minutes that we've already, the hour that we've already been here. How does he get Christ's attention? Because he ain't paying attention. They're telling him, be quiet. Bartimaeus on the inside is saying, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You ain't going through what I'm going. You're not dealing with what I'm dealing. You still got eyesight. I don't. You don't have the problem that I have. So for you, it's easy to be quiet. But for me, I need a miracle. I need a desperate miracle. I need a touch from God. So if you're telling me to be quiet, this is my opportunity to be louder because you're quiet. And if you're quiet, the only one that's going to stand out is me. And that's probably why Jesus turned around and stopped when he heard somebody that was shouting son of David have mercy on me I'm telling somebody today look behind you look in front of you and if they're not opening their mouth open yours this is your opportunity to shine this is your opportunity for you to be loud this is your opportunity for God to focus on you who are shouting and he will stop dead in his tracks and give you a blind check and say what do you want just stand to your feet right now